The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Greek God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, aliens of all motherfucking races, we are back! We're back for all you Star Trek fans, we're back for all you Star Trek haters, because we know all the haters listen to us, because we're just that damn fucking good. It is my man, Big John Enright, Jay Reezy Man, who is right now is Jay rigging this podcast because he is dedicated to it. His computer fell, but he's here because you want to know why? Because he's a goddamn professional. And <laughs> let me introduce myself. My name is Demetrius Zerdos, and Spock is my spirit animal. And you will realize why he is my spirit animal when we discuss one of the greatest fucking episodes of the original series, A Piece of the Action. It is. It was It was really good. It's one of my favorites of the original series. Uh you got Kirk, Spock, everybody playing gangsters. It, it's yeah. it's hilarious. A whole society 
based off uh, a book left behind by the horizon <laughs> in the <laughs> 1920s, you know, yeah. so it's good that's stuff. I, I enjoyed it. It's a great episode. Uh, it's that's one. It's one of the few TOS episodes that I'll stop down and watch. Like, you know, when yeah. I see it on it's, it's a, uh, it, because it's so enjoyable, it's so you know unique, and in the way they're still they tell the story of it, um, I, I just enjoyed it a lot. So uh, I was looking forward to this when you suggested it. I was like, hell yeah, man, this will be a good one. So, but we we were doing it for purpose. We have a purpose, and we'll talk about that before in. But you know, I guess what we should do is. Talk a little bit of the news. Exactly, yeah. Because we got some of the news will tie into what we're going to be talking about with this. So I think it's important we do that. So with my jury rig set up here, <laughs> how about we blow the bosun's whistle really early in. And let's go into the news. All right. So uh, I don't know if you saw this, Triple D, but, you know, they uh, Paramount just released a whole bunch of trailers for season two for Picard. Yeah. Um, and so basically what people are thinking is based off the trailer for season two of Picard is that obviously Q's returning. Everybody, mm-hmm. you, know, you saw the in the card where the Q is just the Q left for Q. Um, but they're thinking that they're going to go through different parts of Picard's past. Because um, oh. you had the Stargazer, you had the Enterprise, you had some of the other stuff that you showed in his house of just different figments of his, mm-hmm. of his past. And so the thought, is and it's a guesstimation because it was a teaser trailer. There was no footage given, no nothing. But the thought is, well, maybe Q is going to take him through his past, and they're going to go over a few things of, hey, this is what you did, this is what you did here, kind of stuff. So, based off of that theory, how do you think that will work for you, Triple D? If we have Picard revisiting parts of his past with Q, shut up and take my money. This is outstanding. I mean, because. We don't know a lot about the Stargazer past, you know, so there's mm-hmm. you could tie in a lot of stuff with that. And then, you know, then also too, we had some stuff with like next with like next generation because there was a lot of bitching about Picard because Picard really didn't tie in a lot with next gen. The fans really wanted to see that. Now, me on the other hand, I'm like, listen, I was like, listen, this is a totally new and separate series from next generation. Right. They obviously want to tell a different story which is what they did. And I thought they did a pretty good job of it. But once again, you go with the hits, you go with the classics, you know, you're never going to miss. So this was a great, if they do this, this will be outstanding. I think it will be just a home run. Absolute home run. Because, because you saw what they did with discovery when they went back in season was a season two where they brought in uh, uh, captain Pike. And yeah. Yeah. So when they, when they brought back Pike, and the Enterprise in season two of Discovery, that was an unbelievable fucking uh, season. It was a great season. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it immensely, especially the end, the, the battle at the end with with the Enterprise. So, to me, you know, this would hit this. This would be a, this would be a home run, big time home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because we see some interesting things in this trailer. There are things like the the chateau yeah we see the chateau so um there maybe the you know they experience some of his past with his family mm-hmm. um maybe we see you know they show uh in the office there you have an oil painting of the uh next generation enterprise mm-hmm. d you yeah. also see a carving of the stargazer there's a clock where it you know picard says the true final frontier is time in the voiceover mm-hmm. um we also see that you know, the um, 
the Reckoning tablet from the DS9 episode, The Reckoning, where, you know, uh, uh, Cisco broke the tablet and re released the trap prof the trap prophet, but also the pro race, um, yes. where the pro race come in. Is we see that there? Why Picard would have it is an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Could we see Cisco return? Oh, um, you, you know? would, you would, you would absolutely pop so huge for that. You, you know, call me up. You would call me up no matter what time it was. Cisco's a fucking Picard, and I'd be like, Did you see it? Did you see it? Oh my god! I'd, I'd be like, bro. You know? Yeah, yeah, I saw it, bro. It was good. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, right. You know. Yeah. So we see uh we see even his old com badge, um, you know, that he that he wears. Um there's also two books. Um John Milton's Paradise Lost. Um, and then there's the Dixon Hill series books, you know, oh, so, yeah. you know, there's some interesting things there. And mm -hmm. so, um, could we see something about the battle of Maxima where he first used the card maneuver, all kinds of things that we're seeing. So, and then it's the sands in the hourglass going backwards. So, um, and then of course we have the queen of hearts and their different cards in the queue is the only thing left after burning. So the interesting, most, I think the interesting thing about this is that, we could see Q taking Picard through history of his own time. You know, that would be, yeah, him yeah. as a kid or okay. dealing with his dad. Cause we know he had troubles relating with his dad. Um, and then, cause we, we saw that with his brother after yeah. the Locutus series, uh, we, we see he goes home and, you know, in his arguments with his brother, they talk about that, how, you know, he was, his brother was always on the ground, but he was in the stars and he abandoned the family you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so, you know, and then we even see that in generations where we hear that his brother and his nephew died in a, in a fire and how he's the last Picard Yeah, and you know, he, how shook up he is about that. Oh, so, yeah, that was, that was a big, and that was the reason why he didn't want to leave the ribbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Cause he was there with his wife and his kids and his he was, kids, and, yeah. And, and then his nephew, you know, I mean, so mm -hmm. it was it was one of those things where we know he he desires family. He loves family. But, you know, his family's been taken away from him. So it'll be interesting to see the ways mm -hmm. they can go if this is how they're going to do it. I'm interested to see because we're really going to delve into Picard, the character, I think, a lot more than we've well, good. gotten. You know, I mean, which we got a lot of Next Generation, but I think. Mm -hmm this being able to focus more on it is going to be a very, very good character development. The question becomes, you know, you got to cast young Picards, you know, or different in different periods. So, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to see how they go about that. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you know, when, we know a, Tom Hardy's not coming back. You don't, dear God, no. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy almost committed suicide over, over yeah. Nemesis. But I will say this though. I mean, they have done a good job with, with the casting. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're they're gonna hit a home run with younger Picard when he first joined Starfleet and Picard from the Stargazer and then Picard mm -hmm. on the Enterprise. So I'm sure they're gonna do a really good job with that. Yeah, and the de aging technology they've got now too is really really oh, yeah. good. So it'll it'll look good. It's so insane. our next story is, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about Leonard Nimoy, um, but as of April eighth, um, remembering Leonard Nimoy. Uh, is available on Blu-ray, which is a which oh. is a documentary done talking yep. about him. You know, talking. You see a bit more of his family. Mm -hmm. uh, it was done by I think his son, um, and uh, or so, uh, sorry, uh, it was produced and directed by his daughter Julie and his son-in-law David Knight. Mm -hmm. And they show the childhood and everything. It's now on Blu-ray. So if you're a big Leonard Nimoy fan, 
and you want to know more about him, it's a good way to do that. Um, so, Triple D, how do you feel about – did you ever – did you actually see the Leonard Nimoy, remembering Nimoy? Um, I, I, yeah, I did. It was it was really good. It was really, like, interesting to see, you know, how he, how he lived his life and everything. And then how he would, like – he wrote a book where he goes, I'm not Spock, and he hated the whole character of Spock, didn't want to redo it. But then after, you know, after he got, like, you know, after he kind of got the nudge – to, to do Spock again, fell back in love with the character, embraced it, did all the, um, he did all like the, um, oh God, the, um, oh shit, I can't, the uh, super cons and everything else, all the conventions, right. Star Trek conventions, and that really just, you know, helped him, you know, fall in love with the character. And then you also find out too, you know, that there was like, that there was some jealousy between him and Shatner and everything, mm-hmm. you know, there's some tension there. But um, but I, I guess everything was like smoothed over by the time you know Nimoy passed away. The the only I think the only the only member of the original series cast that really kind of had you know you know ill will towards Shatner and everyone else was uh was a uh, uh, James Doohan. You know, really didn't right. do anything with them. So, but it's it's great, and you know I'm glad to see it's on Blu-ray. You know they can get you know make make the Nimoy family a, a little more coin and, you know, help them maybe, you know, help mm-hmm. them out with uh, what they want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then our next story is, uh, as, as we mentioned, Q's going to make a return. Well, they've, uh, John Delancey uh, has, has interviewed about what his thoughts of being Q. And uh, he was first approached about six months ago. And he was a little hesitant about returning his cue, honestly. Really? Uh, he, yeah, he said, obviously, I was a little concerned, very concerned about the issues of having to do with, well, excuse me, this is 20 years later. I'm supposed to be immortal, and I certainly look very mortal. There were issues all about that. I was flattered, of course. I said yes. I didn't think about the part. And then I wondered, where are they going to go with this? And and then he talks about how the fan reaction on the announcement of his return Um well, as you were saying just now, what I felt was, oh, shit, the pressure's <laughs> on. That's how I feel about it. I feel that to be a challenge. I hope that I can match it. I hope that I, we can all match it and, more to the point, exceed it. This is one of the reasons I stay away from all this stuff. I kind of just have to stay in the world of what can be done and what can't be done and not to get too pressurized by all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about he's already begun production on season two. Um, and how it's working with Patrick Stewart again. He said it was fun. My own issues have always been the same. I have to put a lot of homework because I am very dyslexic, and I have to work really hard to get all that wow. into RAM, as it were. And then once and once done, I'm there to play. And so it was just fun. The type of preparation has paid off where you're just ready to rock and roll. So I find that interesting mm-hmm. that um, you know he, he revealed that he's – severely dyslexic you know um it 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 makes that more impressive you know Mm -hmm. all the times you see him on screen and talking and way he's handling that um so you know but he he feels pressure and uh you know he he uh he's a little uh you know nervous about it because you know like you said i'm supposed to be immortal and it's 20 years later and i'm mortal as a person so you know um i think it'll be interesting uh even despite his mortality, I think people will understand and they just love the Q character so much yeah. that it's going to be more of, yes, Q's back and they won't care as much about that. So what about you, Triple D? Are you 
concerned about him being this age and and all that? Or are you just looking forward to seeing more Q and Picard interacting with one another? I'm looking forward to seeing more Q and Picard to get, because I mean I'm sure they're going to write a thing where, where, where Q's going to be like, "I age myself, Picard, to make to make yourself to to make you feel better that right. I don't look as you know." There's going to be some like. There's gonna be some like savage burn that he's gonna give Picard the reason why he looks older. So that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. And besides, it's like who gives a shit? As long as, right. long as he plays Q and the 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 whole banter between him and Picard is still there, or him and, between him and Patrick Stewart is still there. Fuck. Yeah. Have fun. I don't give a shit. It's like seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, well, it's like I was telling you, I was watching, you know, I was watching, I watched Cheers and I watched Frasier. You 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 see Doctor Fraser Crane, you know, from the first time you see him in Cheers until the last, you know, episode of Fraser in two thousand and four. You see how his characters change, everything, how he's mm-hmm. aged and stuff. You don't expect the character to remain the same age to, all, all all throughout. You know, you're gonna see him age. You're gonna see. So it's just whatever. You know, yeah. Just people and and if and people are concerned about that, do me a favor. Go fuck yourself. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so uh, our next story, Paramount Sets, top secret Star Trek movie from summer 2023 to be produced by J.J. Abrams. So we've had, you know what, four or five different iterations of different movies. Uh, But it's looking like as of April 9th, after a five-year hiatus, it looks like Paramount is ready to get back into the Star Trek movie business. Yeah, and so they're saying um, they've released news. Uh, scheduled for the number of upcoming movies, including Top Gun Maverick. Uh, they're saying Mission Impossible 7 and 8 and more around. But Buried in the Reshuffling was an untitled Star Trek movie set to be released June 9th, 2023. Mm. So they're saying June 9th, 2023 was an untitled Star Trek movie project. Hmm. And there's no details. When they reached out, they said is a when they uh, Paramount said this when it was reached out. They said An- the untitled Star Trek film is a top secret project we're developing with J.J. Abrams producing. Top secret. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's what they said. You know, and and they weren't sharing any other details. So, um, which is, uh, they said uh, that the latest news about Star Trek feature came in March when it was reported that the head of Paramount's movie division had ordered a script from Discovery writer Kalinda Vasquez, which we talked about, mm-hmm. on a new film produced by J.J. Abrams, but no details have been done. And, of course, we've talked about the Tarantino, the um, Nicholas Meyer. You know, there's just been so many stories developing around it. But as of right now, as of the ninth, that Paramount has actually put a date on an untitled project hmm. with J.J. Abrams producing. So, Triple D, now that this is kind of shook out, January 9th, 2023, Star Trek movie with J.J. Abrams producing. How are, we, how are you feeling? I'm excited to see. You know, I am. I mean, I was really hoping that they would have Nicholas Mayer, but, you know, listen, let's see what J.J. can do. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully they don't pigeonhole J.J., they don't, you know, tell JJ to put over this type of like bullshit politics. Just, just direct a good fucking Star Trek movie and let's have fun because that's what Star mm-hmm. Trek is. Star Trek, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, does the Star Trek touch on some political stuff? It does, but you know what though? But the movies are fun and they do it in a fun way. They don't put mm-hmm. it in your face. It's not like Star Wars, like with with like how Disney ruined that fucking you know franchise. I mean, because Disney really did ruin the fucking Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And I'll, and, you know, and listen, and I can talk to Papa Donnie and those guys and 
especially Spiro. Spiro will definitely agree with me. You know, all this woke politics, all this woke bullshit really has mm-hmm. ruined a lot of great sci-fi franchises. I just hope yeah. God, that there's not this woke shit in the next Star Trek movie, that they allow J.J. to direct it the way J.J. wants to direct it, and that it's really good, you know, and I'm really, yeah. really looking forward to it, so. Yeah, it should be. It should be good. And uh, so speaking now that we have a January 9th, our June 9th date uh, on 2023, uh, Zachary Quinto has spoken up about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah. He said he's uh, – he, in an interview, he said he – of course, he played Spock in the three Kelvin timelines. And, of course, he's interested in the new one if they if they ask him. He says, honestly, I have no idea what's going on with Star Trek, but we all love each other. And we all love the experience. And I'm sure if it comes back around and we're available, I'm sure I'd be happy to jump on board. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Uh, and then uh, it's almost been five years since we've seen Spock in Star Trek Beyond. And so uh, it, it's it's interesting to see that he would be that. But also one of the things he wants to do, uh, it says, is he's interested in um, they want to do three Kelvin universe movies between uh, the 2009-2016, but he doesn't know if this one's going to be tied into the Kelvin universe or if it's going to wow. be something else, even though J.J. Abrams is producing. And because it's top secret, he doesn't know anything yet. And, of course, this this the script from someone, uh, it says here, it says the studio is sitting on at least three other scripts, which we know uh, with Hensworth returning as Kirk's dad, Based on the banana, uh, the one based on the bananas, Quentin Tarantino pitch, mm-hmm. and the concept by Noah Hawley, um, and of course we also know about Nicholas Meyer. You know, that's actually four that they're kind of been sitting on. Yeah, they, um, and so he's open to actually a Spock TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where he's like he'd like to play Spock on a TV show, which which is interesting because you know Gregory Peck is kind of the TV Spock. So um, you know, he'd, he'd, uh, Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck, sorry, yeah, yeah. Gregory Peck was his father. (laughs) Right. But we do know that they're different universes and timelines because that was established in Discovery. Yeah. Um, You know, so, um, which is is actually very interesting because um, Alec Alec Kurtzman, Star Trek Universe TV head, uh, in a news story, which will tie this one in, says the line between movies and television is gone. Yeah. Um, It's. Yeah, so he says, uh, you know, has fu- fans buzzing about everything. And so he said, um, he basically said, I think the vertical alignment has made it po- impossible not to accept the reality. The line between movies and television is gone. Does it mean you can't have a feature that is separate from television? But if they aren't connected in some way, then you're basically running two universes parallel as opposed to interconnected. And I think those messages could potentially cancel each other out. Yeah. So. Very interesting thing, uh, you know, we have here uh, because, of course, we have the Kelvin timeline versus the Prime timeline um, because we knew Paramount and CBS were different entities. CBS owned the television rights versus Paramount owned the movie rights. But now that they're interjoined, you know, we can see that change. So does that mean now this, you know, maybe this, maybe this J.J. Uh, Abrams um Star Trek kind of merges the two, you know, maybe, you know, kind of like discovery kind of mentioned that um, where they talked about the Kelvin timeline kind of per se in a vague reference with the soldier Mm -hmm. there. Maybe there's a way they do that. Um, uh, 
it says, Kurzman says, those who oversee the various Star Trek properties have begun strategizing or to an even greater degree with Viacom CBS over the past year with the launch of the monthly showrunners meeting. That allows everyone to see what parts of the Star Trek universe are being utilized on other shows. So basically, they're starting to realize, hey, we have a bigger picture. We're mm -hmm. getting together with all the different showrunners so that mm -hmm. we can see what's happening in a giant you know, overall scene in the universe. So, Triple D, do you think this is a good thing that we're seeing the head of Star Trek, basically TV, saying movies and the line between them is gone. We're going to kind of merge everything and we're having these giant monthly meetings so everybody can see what's happening in the universe. You think this is a good thing or a bad thing? About goddamn time they fucking sorry They got rid of the two different universes. Seriously. I mean, do you know how many times as a Star Trek fan we got our balls broken? Oh, you guys have two different fucking universes. Nah, 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 nah. You know, it's like, come on. It, it got a little confusing. You know, so I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see this because there needs to be continuity with everything, the TV shows and everything. I mean, they, they did it with a lot with the series, with the movies. I mean, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan was, you know, it was it was based on an old original series episode. I mean, so they right. it's, it's about time they did that. So I'm yeah. glad to see that. And that's what they did the same thing in Generations 2 with the Dura sisters and, the, and everything else. So it needs to be there. The continuality needs to be there because – Fans who have followed it for so many years, they need to get that. You know, it's like it's like what Hamin says when you do writing, wrestling writing, they get that, that exhale that, mm -hmm. it's, that they did a good job, you know, that we yeah. stuck with it. Now everything is beginning to pay off now. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what what they're going to accomplish. Talking about the, the uh, two Spocks, why not age Zachary Quainto and have Ethan Spock as young Spock and old Spock and kind of mm -hmm. tell the story that way? Yeah, no, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Yeah. You know, I think so. So here's one uh, I figure you're going to be able to uh, uh, get off on uh, this new story. <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh, Jerry shit. Goldsmith's full orchestral score for Star Trek The Motion Picture is published as a book for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> fucking soundtrack ever to a sci-fi movie. And you can't fucking tell me it wasn't, goddammit. It's the greatest fucking one ever. Even though I won't be able to read any of it because it's in like music language, but Stevie can fucking play it now. <laughs> so yeah, so you can you can you can get the book. Omni Music Publishing is a specialty book company dedicated to publishing scores in full unabridged uh, edited uh, editions for fans, scholars, and music aficionados. While publishing classical music is pretty straightforward, doing the same for film scores is much more complicated doing with dealing rights. So basically, they got the rights for this, um, and they are, they have it in book form for the first time ever, which apparently you can also get the full uh, printed corresponds to the three CD set of the motion picture soundtrack album released by La La Land Records in 2012. Oh my god. Which I'm surprised you haven't bought that already. I, I, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, you can apparently buy the three CD set of the motion picture soundtrack, um, and you could that could just be your love making music throughout your house. No, whenever, it will be. You know, you have Definitely. lady friends over. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play Aaliyah's theme, and they're they're and they're gonna get fucking moist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you can go to Omni Music's publishing website to order the books, and you you can see the scores and everything. They have it by um, 
it says R16, like they show some examples, R16 part six in title. Uh, they have uh, R19 part one, the love theme overture. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the R9 part one, V'ger fly over. They mm-hmm. show some, you know, just the different pages in here that you're going to get from it. It's basically a piano book, it looks like, where you could just, yeah. you know, really have a good time if you know music. I don't know music. It's as bad as. It's like Chinese to me, but yeah. So I figured you would enjoy that one. That's that's it's, that's what that I'm gonna is, give you. That is unbelievable. I mean, come on. I mean, that's you're you're talking about. Like, listen. I know I joke around about. I I, I Leah Steam. Everyone's like talks about the motion picture. Oh, the motion picture is so slow. This and the other thing. The music to the motion picture is just unbelievable. Because I mean, come on. I mean. I mean, come on. Wait, wait, wait. Now you're sitting in the movie theater. Pitch black. This comes on. And you see the stars coming. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. All right, we got to stop playing it, baby. Yeah, don't get a copyright strike. Yeah. God damn it! Uh, well, I, I only pay. I only play thirty-one seconds, so we're good. Well, edit that down to ten, and then we'll be yeah, okay. Yeah, money, money, Macover, ten seconds. That's it, baby. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so it's like I mean that theme, that opening theme, that plus two, the motion picture gave us the next generation theme. It did. So it's it's it like did. you got you got to say that. It's probably one of the most influential pieces of music in Star Trek history. If if not for that, then um, yeah. So I mean, the, the, the original series had great music too, but I mean, Goldsmith just knocked it out of the fucking park with that one. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that. And now maybe you know now maybe something like the Boston Pops or um, oh god the um, oh the uh, oh god the other big or- orchestra companies they can you know. They can do like a, a Goldsmith uh, Star Trek motion picture, you know, uh, tribute show. So. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so Avika Goldman is doing double duty. They were the showrunner for Picard, but now they're also the showrunner. He's also the showrunner for um, Strange New Worlds. Oh. Okay. And was that? And they they said uh, they want to make the Strange New Worlds series as well as the Enterprise more like TOS. And so, um, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, he reiterated how they're going to tell uh, in the opposite storytelling direction. It's really episodic. If you think back to the original series, it was totally more liberal. I don't mean in forms of politics, but it could sort of be fluid. Like sometimes Robert Blotch would write a horror episode, or Harlan Ellison would have a city on the edge of forever, mm-hmm. which is hard sci-fi. There would be comedic episodes like Shore Leave or Trouble with Tribbles. So co-showrunner Henry Alonzo Myers and myself are trying to serve that. Strange New Worlds is very much Adventure of the Week, but with serialized character arcs. That's beautiful. And he said, yeah, and he says the My goal God. of aligning with TOS even extends to look to the look of the show. So they're making some changes to what we've seen from Pike and the USS Enterprise when we were introduced into Discovery. And the short track, he says the uniforms have been slightly adjusted and are slightly different. Remember, the Enterprise exists as a little piece of the show Discovery. Now it's on its own object. Mm-hmm. When you close your eyes and think of the key sets and situations that you think of the original series, that's what we're looking to do. Wow. So, so they are going to take uh, 
and try to make next, you know, Strange New Worlds like TOS. So, Triple D, how do you think, you know, this this look is going to go for for, for uh, um, Strange New Worlds? You got to feel my fucking nipples after after, after reading that. <laughs> Seriously, my God. It, 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 this, this is... I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, because the way the, what they just said that, you know, that he said, well, the politics isn't liberal. So that's good. So that means it's not going to be in your face, woke stuff. It's going to be like the original series where right. they touched on, they did touch on the issues, but the, I mean, but the issues in the original series are issues were, you know, but are issues that kind of common sense issues. Mm-hmm. So I hope, yeah. and, and then plus two, them wanting to, have the look and the feel of the original series, and then the way to do the episodes where it doesn't have to tie in. Right. It, it, you know, it can be beginning, middle, and end, and then you can go on to something different, something new. And that's what they did. And, and you know, and you, and you can have two parters. I mean, you know, the original series had two parters. Menagerie, right. Menagerie was a uh, two parter, which was a great two parter episode. Yeah. I mean, so it's like you can do something like that, you know, where it can be something huge. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I can't wait to see it. My hope is, I hope they bring back the original uniforms <laughs> to it. Cause that be, well, you know, yeah. it says they're trying to do that. They're trying to come with closer to what we've seen in the original series and, and closer with the uniforms and with the set. And I like the fact that he touched on, Carlos says, Ellison's City on the Edge Forever, the hard sci-fi, the, yeah. the comedy, the horror you know, all that. I said, that's, to me, that's good. I, I, I like, that's the thing about Star Trek is it's not just sci-fi. It's not hard sci-fi. It's, it's core. It's comedy. It's, yeah. it's drama. It's, it's everything. They, they do a little bit of everything in it mm-hmm. to make it happen and, um, you know, tell a good story. Um, and so I like that they're going with that with Strange New Worlds. It's okay to kind of reach back and give that nostalgia. I think that's going to be our nostalgia show where we see some things. We'll still see the cool modern filming and everything like that, but just that warm blanket of nostalgia that covers us and makes us feel good. But speaking of strange new worlds, they did have someone test positive and a few of the crew were quarantined, Uh, but it hasn't affected production so far. That's That's the good part. The, the guest role, the person who was doing for, coming for the guest actor coming for the guest role, Strange New Worlds, tested positive, which they probably <laughs> won't be on the show. About like, you know, like, uh, producer, like, be like, oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah, oh you're, oh no, I'm sorry, yeah, no, no. yeah, Damn. sorry, we, we'll, we'll cast somebody else. Um, but it believed that the actor was flying from Vancouver to Toronto, where the series is filmed, and the test was caught via CAVS protocols before the actor had even made it to the set. Wow. So, Contact tasting has started those who had come into contact with the actor and they have been quarantined. And as of now, it's just been some crew, but not, it has not impacted the production of the show. So, they, you know, probably like production assistants or, you know, people, you know, that, that they're along those lines. So none of the cast or anybody have uh, been affected by any of it per se. Did, did they so, say, did they say who the actor is? No, they did not even release that person's name. Probably <laughs> because that person did not get the job after that. They you, probably said, you out of here, you know. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, which is funny. So, uh, a couple more stories. Uh, Viacom CBS reportedly sees Star Trek Prodigy as a gateway to toys and theme park attractions. So, in case you haven't heard or you haven't been listening or you haven't paid attention or you're just a smooth brain and we're here to help you out. Lots of um, brains. Prodigy is the CGI cartoon 
that um, is going to be on Nickelodeon. Uh, and and it's 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 we don't know a lot of details. We just know that uh, Kate Mulgrew is making an appearance as Catherine Janeway. We don't know as a hologram. We talked about that last time of maybe a hologram. These are not creatures uh, or, or alien species that we see uh, a part of the Alpha Quadrant. You know, one was a Talaxian, which we know is Delta Quadrant. So, mm-hmm. and we know it's a derelict ship. So the idea is is that maybe they're going to use this as a way to get back into um, toys and maybe even some theme parks, making some partnerships with different people. So, um, you know, that is kind of their purpose, not the main purpose behind it, but, you know, um, you know, they, they, there's only one Star Trek attraction theme park and it is operation enterprise roller coaster at movie park, Germany. Um, uh, the only you other place. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be that kidding is the, me! That's the only place in Germany. Uh, the, of course, the only other place is, of course, the original set tour in Ticonderoga, which I've that been is, to. Yeah, yeah, I said it in a chair. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, so you know, oh God, I'm so, so such a bark for that. Right, I know you are. So, but yeah. you know, that's the whole point is that they want to reach these younger audiences, so they're seeing. If Prodigy can be that thing, you know, um, Nickelodeon has. I don't know if you know if you've ever been to the Mall of America, um, no, the kids know. area. Oh, okay, well, it's really cool. They've got the kids area there is heavily um, Nickelodeon based. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the roller coasters and all they all have like Nickelodeon themes. At least they did one when I was there like five years ago. So this could be an opportunity for them to do something like that. Have nice. a presence in the Mall of America. Have a store. Um, all those kind of things. They're trying to see, you know, just these cross-branding things to make everything happen. Um, so, um, and so, then of course, you know, we've we've seen all the trailers, the different things that have come out for Star Trek season, Discovery season four, Picard season two, Prodigy, because you know we had that big um, thing happen. Now, the last thing we want to talk about today is. Uh, Star Trek and Broadway costume designer Robert Felcher, he passed away at age 98. Wow. Um, that was April 15th. And he was the guy who designed um, from the motion picture, the costumes for that, Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, and The Voyage mm-hmm. Home. Um, and wow. so he, he, he was the main costume designer for all those, those movies, which, you know, I mean, if, let's be honest, those were some great costumes that they had I there. Mean, I mean the most the most iconic uniform next to the original series uniform is mm-hmm. the Wrath of Khan uniform. I mean the that yeah. I mean that's to me it's like if I'm because I I have an original I have a, a, a Kirk original series, you know, with the green wraparound tunic and the pants and everything. I got that but to me the ultimate would be the Wrath of Khan uniform with the coat, the everything. I mean that's mm-hmm. I mean that's absolutely just fucking awesome, and for him to think of that, right? Hats off! Isn't and, and even and 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 even the motion picture uniforms, they were still pretty cool as still pretty cool as well, right? You know, even though even though they were like one piece like body suits, and it gave some of the actors backaches to, <laughs> but yeah, you know, but but still, but it was. Not, but but ninety eight years old. God bless him. He lived a long ass life, man. Yeah, and to and to to have such an impact 
on Star Trek through costuming. Because let's be yeah. honest, that is a big deal when it comes to Star Trek is, you know, the costumes can help yeah. set the mood for yeah. lots of different things uh, for what you're doing, in the, especially in the movies, you know, because the movies, when they when they came out, we hadn't seen the Star Trek crew in 20 something years. Yeah. You know, what, it, what's, what's the, what are they going to look like? How we remember what they were, mm-hmm. but how do we tie it in? How has it evolved? And, you know, the motion picture ones were fine, but really when they wore those maroon ones in, in wrath of Khan, oh, yeah. you know, those yeah, were great. Was, was um, awesome. And then, you know, changing the Klingon uniforms and the design of those costumes, you know, with the more metallic looking shoulder bras and, and things along those lines and uh, Vulcans, just how they developed those, you know, it just, it was really, it was, I liked that because you see, it feels like progression. We're moving yeah. forward. This is how we're doing things. So I really enjoyed watching um, the, the, I think that was one of the things that's so captivating about Star Trek is the costumes, mm-hmm. the look, the feel of the show. So, you know, we want to, we want to give a, you know, salute to you, sir, for your time, how you impacted Star, Star Trek and what, what you did with these costumes to make it uh, what it needs to be. Plus 98, man, that is a long, that, that is a long, long life. Long time, man. Yeah. He's so, seen some shit. He's, yeah. he's definitely seen and experienced some, some shit, you know. So. Exactly. Exactly. So now this is where I'm going to turn the show over to you because you are a resident TOS expert. You are you are the man when it comes to this. And of course, uh, we're going to be talking about a great episode. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're talking about the uh, original is season two, I believe, episode 17. If you look for it on Netflix or mm-hmm. uh, Paramount Plus or Am- uh, no, uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. Um, you can find it there, um, which is a piece of the action, which the reason why we're talking about this, because this is one of the scripts supposedly Tarantino was going to do mm-hmm. uh, with, with Christopher, uh, with uh, Christopher Pike, no, no, Chris Pine, not Christopher Pike, <laughs> uh, as, as Kirk, you know, Kirk, so yeah. that was a theory. This is going to be along these lines and it's going to be R rated. So, all right, triple D, um, let's go ahead and uh, send out the black alert. And why don't you take us through our main point today? Which All is right. The so as as my esteemed uh, co-host said, a piece of the action. This was season two, episode seventeen. It was the original air day was January twelfth, nineteen hundred and sixty-eight. It was a long ass time ago, but it's still a great. It's a great episode. I've seen this probably twenty times, mm. so I can basically I can like. Uh, like I don't even have to watch. I remember like my new details in it and just the, the whole, just everything is just a great um, episode. So obviously, obviously, you know, we start off in the, in the enterprise with uh, Kirk and Uhura and Uhura goes to captain Kirk and, Hey, you know, we're, you know, well, actually let me take that. They're trying to find the Sigma horizon. The, the, the horizon, yes, the horizon. So they go to uh, Sigma Iosha two, which is that's where the space vessel was last seen. Now the ocean, now the oceans, they are known to mimic, uh, mimic whatever they see very well, like extremely and, well, and highly intelligent too. Very as intelligent well. people. So 
they get to uh, they get to Sigma Iosha too, and there they get a they get a message from somebody named Bella Oxmix, and Oxmix you know tells Uhura it's wants to talk to the boss. Right. <laughs> so, so Kirk gets on there, and Kirk is talking to him. And it's like, Kirk's like, what is going on? Why is he talking like a 1920s gangster? Right. So, and then they go down and they come to find out that the Iosians have mimicked this book from the 1920s that was all about Chicago gangsters. Right. And basically you have, you have. Which you have was left behind by the horizon. The horizon, which is which, actually. And, and the interesting thing was, you know, they said, oh, they left a hundred years ago. Um, yeah. Which, you know, which Kirk says, well, they left, you know, a month ago. And they left 100 years ago. And it yeah. was that the they had shortwave radio. So they were just now just reaching. Yeah. You know, you know the, the, the message just now reached them, even though there's that time dilation. They're showing some time dilation on yeah. how things work and travel in subspace mm -hmm. versus regular. So, you know, I find that interesting, you know, just that, you know, we see technically, I guess it would be 100 years of their time. But we we forget that time dilation happens because of subspace and warp speed and things along those lines. That we tra when we travel less than light, that it takes more time. And so in a hundred years, because a book that was left behind by the horizon, because they said this was before the non-interference. Um, they didn't call it the prime directive. They called no. it the non um, non-interference, whatever. Uh, I guess commission or directory or whatever. Um, so basically, we're saying this is a this is a mess up before the prime directive, and maybe this is the reason why the prime exact prime directive is existing. Exactly you know, yeah, because, because of this. Because yeah, you don't want to. Because you have the Iotians who read a book and basically in a hundred years created 1920 Chicago. Yeah, and it's 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 absolutely insane and. I, I have to admit the, the, the costumes, the, the set designs, mm. the pieces, everything for this um, episode is second to none. You know, it's yeah. done perfectly, superbly done. So, so Kirk, Spock, and McCoy transport down to the city, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Is like it's like back in like in a time capsule. So they they eventually meet some of Ox um, Oxmix's men. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a fucking drive-by shooting. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It's because like, what the hell is going on here? Man? Yeah. There's that drive-by shootings all the time, and Tommy guns everywhere. Tommy guns everywhere. So then they're they're escorted to Oxmix's office, and you know, Bella's like, "Ah, oh, I got to see you, Captain. And, you know, are you from the same outfit as the Horizon and this there, yeah. and the other thing? You know, call them the Feds. The Feds. You give the Feds and. Talking about weapons stuff. Ah, you gotta give me some some weapons and some you got heaters. These, you got these fancy heaters here. You know, we got. Yeah. If I had a hundred of these heaters here, I'd be able to take over Krakow, and you know, Krakow's the uh, the other boss. So it's just you just watch it. You just all you can do is smile watching it because it's such a just it's just such a fun episode. And yeah. So obviously, obviously, Kirk's like, you know, I I I can't do that. You know, I I, I can't do that. You know, I can't give you weapons so you can take out Krakow. I mean, but the planet has to be united because there's too much, you know, bloodshed going on. So Oxmix goes, okay, fine. So I guess Oxmix uh, uh, takes them hostage and 
Kirk is able to like Kirk is able to escape and and then Kirk is trapped by Krakow's man and it's right. just it, but the escape was funny though. It was classic <laughs> Kirk. He 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 tricks him by like making up a car game okay, as he goes. Right. He he goes Fizzbin. Yeah, you're Fizz almost right. you're a half you're a half Fizzbin or you you know, you want to slide wait uh, only on Tuesdays well, and, not true. at night. You know, <laughs> like he's doing all these things and you know to like it's just this whole jargon. And he, you see, it almost is like as if Shatner was enjoying it. You see that kind of oh, yeah. green moment where he's just like yeah, but you know like but not on Tuesdays. You know you can't do that on Tuesdays not, not, not and then. Not on Tuesdays. Okay, all right. And he's like, da, da, da. but only at night because at night you would give them that. You know, you know, it's yeah. this whole like you see this like almost joy on Shatner's face that he's doing this kind of out loopy, out of you know, yeah. way out of control thing, and it's just so funny to watch. You Mad know, cow. the Mad Cow exactly, Mad cow. Mad and cow. and that's how he gets away. He gets he gets they they're able to what does it go to a radio station? Yeah, the, the, is listening, and, yeah. and they get Spock and uh, McCoy. Go back to the ship. Yes. And Kirk, you know, was trying to go get um, Oxmix, and he's going to bring him back to the ship with him. But he gets caught by uh, Krakoa's men. I, I call him Krakoa, but you know, Krakoa's yeah, yeah. Yeah. men. Yeah. So yeah. So so basically, Kirk gets captured by Krakow, and then and then Krakow takes and then. You know, Kirk's talking to Krakow. Krakow's like, "Yeah, you can give me some more of these fancy heaters. I'll take on Oxmix." He's like, "This is." A, Basically, war. And Kirk's like, "What the hell? How, how am I supposed to unite these two guys?" Yeah. What the hell, the hell am I going to do? So you know, and then, and then once again, you know, Kirk, you know, Kirk escapes from 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 Krakow to go back to Oxmixes, and then it's. I mean, seriously, I mean, the episode was just hilarious because all it is is Kirk escaping from like Oxmix to Krakow, then from Krakow back to Oxmix. It's just it's it's a riot. Uh, mm-hmm. So and then, oh god, I'm just trying to think. I'm looking. Well, like Quacko talks about how like you know because he's like I'm surprised you know me. He's like, oh, I got him, bud. He can't make a date with a bra without me knowing. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, there's there's all these just different things about yeah. you know the whole thing that's just it's so funny to watch. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was funny like when uh, I think at one point you know. Oxmix realizes he doesn't have Kirk anymore, so he gets on the controller and he calls up to the ship and he's like, Hey, hey, is this the ship? Is this the ship? If you don't have me him give me another one of these heaters, you know, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna burn your guys and he's and it's Scotty talking, oh, right? Scotty in the chair, like okay. He's like, Hey, yeah, look the at the language base and find out what a heater is, you know, like <laughs> it was so funny. Like Scotty had no clue what this guy was saying at all. And like he goes, Look up in the look up in the language database and find out what a heater is. You know, <laughs> like it was funny. It, it's yeah. great. And then, so and then, what happens? You know, Kirk, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. They have a plan. Kirk they have a plan to basically get them together to talk to them. But what's going to happen is Kirk and Spock are going to hit Krakow's place, but they're going to dress up in the gangster uniform. So they tell the guys, take off, take off your clothes. They put the clothes on, and Probably one of the greatest, probably the greatest like five minutes ever in a Star Trek episode is Kirk trying to drive the car. Yeah. And then, yes, at the end, Spock's like, Captain, you are, Jim, you're a great Starship captain, but as a driver, you leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Which if you watch the if you watch the movies you know that in the Kelvin yeah, timeline exactly, uh yeah. you know he's a pretty shitty driver because he takes a 1960 i'm gonna say 65 corvette and yeah. you know just ends up trashing it into the iowa canyon where they're gonna start building the enterprise and you're just like what the uh, hell are you doing kid what are you doing you know uh, but i know that was that was that was hard yeah and you so then you also but then they, they need to figure out how to get into Krakow's headquarters. So they enlist. So they look at this kid. So they sit the kid down and, you know, they're like, well, we need to get inside Krakow's headquarters, you know. And, and it's a funny thing where, you know, it's like, we you calling a babe? Call me a babe? No, babe. <laughs> okay, okay. I just meant it, you know, I meant it as a good thing. So the kid's like, yeah, I'll do it for you. But uh, I want a piece of the action. And Spock goes, Young man, you did, oh yeah, those of course you know the kid comments on Spock's ears. Where'd you get the mirrors? Now listen here, young man. Okay, it's, yeah, it's great. And, and then the kid's like, kid's like, you know, I want a piece of the action. And Spock goes, you don't even know what the action is. And the kid's like, well, I figure if you're hitting Krakow, it's got to be large. And then Spock, dead tone, just logical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sort of got, I fucking die laughing every time. So they send the kid in there to, you know, to have the distraction. Then Kirk and Spock, they take out two of Krakow's guards. They go in, and, but they get captured by fucking Krakow. I mean, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is an ongoing, you know, gag where they keep on getting captured. But this time they're smart. They send Krakow up to the Enterprise. Right. Krakow and, 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 and Scotty meet each other. And Krakow's pounding on. You know, the transporter uh, desk, I got rights. And this guy's like, you got no rights here. You'll be wearing concrete galoshes, you know. This is <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put the bag on you, we're gonna put you on ice. So you hear you hear James Duhan say that guy say Yeah, it's just so great. So then at the end, you know, they, they you know they get all the boss they, they they figure a way to get all the bosses there together. Where they transport all the bosses there, and basically, you know. You know, they're they're all talking about, you know, Kirk's like, oh, you know, the Federation, they want in. They want a piece of the action. You know, they the Federation wants their cuts. And they're like, wow, don't you you're you, you don't want any, you don't want non interference. Who's that about interference? We just want a cut. That's it. You know, we're not gonna interfere with you guys. And uh so and then of course when the guys are like, Crackle's like, I only saw two guys up in that ship. They ain't got four hundred thirty five guys up there. So then, you know, Kirk goes, Scotty, you know, phasers on stun. It stuns everybody out there, you know, after right. and you know, Oxmas guys were fighting, you know, because they thought they kidnapped each other. And then everybody, you know, they all everyone settled down. And eventually they came out with a plan where Oxmix was gonna be the president and Cracker was gonna be the vice president, and it kind of united the plan together. Mm -hmm. but, you know, and that was a great, great episode. And of course, you know, they also leave at the end too, where they have um uh where where all of a sudden McCoy goes, Oh my god, Jim, I left my communicator down there at the end. And Jim's like, Well, you never know. Maybe in a hundred years they'll come back, they'll uh, you know, they'll they'll be uh they'll have starships in it and and everything else, you know. Yeah. And the funny thing is there's a year five um story where the Enterprise goes back to the to the to to Iosha, where they have the communicator basically there is like their sacred like text, 
Mm. They've had they've reached space travel and everything, but they kept Krakow side down where they won't allow Krakow side to go up into space. So <laughs> I know. So so and then they so they had to do that where they had to reunite them again, and they looked at you know, you know Spock, McCoy, and uh, Bones as like you know these great you know you know figures you know in in in, in their history. So. So guys, recommend I go recommend you watch a piece of the action, and then we'll, and we'll get the year five um, storybook comic and read that because it's a great you know um, it's like a great you know part two of this uh, of this episode. So yeah, good follow up. Yeah, there's some interesting things we see that we haven't seen before, where like they're able to take the ship's phasers and use it as a stun. And yeah. I don't think I've you know that's not something that's ever been reference before or after where, you know, he could take out a whole ship. Um, you know, the, so there was just some unique things that we see there. Um, how, uh, Uhura wasn't at her main station to monitor the broadcast from, uh, IO show, you know, with the radio production, she was at a different part because when Scotty was there, you know, talking, he said, Hey, I need Lieutenant, whatever, go look up. It wasn't Uhura who was doing it. It was somebody else who was there because Uhura was monitoring the broadcast, how she couldn't do it from her station. She had to go somewhere special, you know, uh, which I don't think ever really happened again uh, either, you know? Um, so we just see some unique things about this episode. Um, and it, it was, you could tell all of them were having fun with it. Yeah. Because I mean, awesome. yeah. let's be honest, if, if, if let, let's take, that is supposed to be because, like, the book was published in the 1992 is what it said, but it looked like a Bible. You know, it was very funny. Uh, they're like, this book was published in 1992, but everybody had a copy of it looking like the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, another interesting thing about this episode was uh, just really, you know, how it, it was. I think it was this butterfly effect episode. You know, one little thing. Exactly. And, can affect the course of you know lots of different things uh and go to something big real fast and uh and 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 i think this is where we begin to see the importance of uh the prime directive for starfleet because um you know who knows where this civilization would have gone without the interference of the horizon and of Mm -hmm. course they never solved what happened to the horizon either so that you know their whole purpose was hey we were looking for the horizon we hadn't seen them in a month since they left Mm -hmm. and and, and it's like, well, we never figured that out. What we did see was that there was this shit show left behind from the horizon. And so we got to try to fix it, you know? Exactly, and so yeah. that, that, you know, and so, um, but we never, the original problem was never solved. It was what happened to the horizon, um, you know, kind of thing. So I, it was just interesting how, you know, you, you watch this, but really, if you think about it, this was made in 1968. If you think about it, only forty years before was the twenties. I know and Chicago. It's crazy, and my, it's crazy to think crazy about to think this. Like it's that, like yeah. it really wasn't that long after the time period that this happened, where you had mm-hmm. this stuff going on the twenties and thirties with the Chicago mob and everything along those lines. And so um, you wonder how many of of these people had some sort of first or second hand experience with you know mob culture. Yeah. And, and everything along those lines. So um, it's just interesting to see if you think about it from the standpoint of when this show was recorded and aired versus when the 20s and 30s happened with Chicago, that really wasn't that big a time difference, you know? And it's really, if you think about it, like World War II 
and now, you know, I mean, obviously every year World War II we get further. We're like 76 years away from World War II and D-Day yeah. and things like that. But the amount of progress we've made in that time, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it's very interesting when you look at the 1900, you know, you know, 1900s to 2000s, just, you know, how our technological growth has just jumped. You know, you started the 1900s with horse and carriage and then the automobile and then working your way to, more efficient airplanes now, mm-hmm. you know, with computers and the growth that we've had with that. I mean, really, you know, think about five years ago in phones, what they look like. And, and now, yeah. you know, we're hosting a podcast while I'm having to work on my phone because, mm-hmm. you know, my computer crapped out, you know, yeah. five years ago, there's no way that would have happened. No. There was no way, you know, so to be able to, to see the growth of technology um, and how it goes, you know, it just, it goes to show that, you know, when when larger, I always say larger, but when more sophisticated society has an, can have an impact on primitive culture. You know, mm-hmm. we see that even in our own time. But when we see, um, you know, unspoiled or untouched, as they say, tribes of men, you know, have, you know, come in contact with regular people. We see, oh, okay, no, this does make a difference because yeah, we see some some things have changed um, and how they interact with people. So you know, it just shows the importance of you know one that we have technology, two that we have to be responsible with it. Mm-hmm. We can't just do what we want. We have to be responsible with the technology we've been given um, because th- with this episode, it was a book, and then. You know, like you said, McCoy left the communicator. communicator. Yeah. You know, and then that we see that you know play off again in the year five, you know, comics. Mm-hmm. So you know, it goes to show what about us? What are we? What are we doing? What kind of mark are we leaving for people behind us? And I, I think that's important that we really stop and think about that. Or of what are we doing, and um, how are we changing what society could be? You know, and I, I think that's a bigger thought process. You know, it's a deep philosophical thing that we can yeah. we don't often think about. Is not that we can do it, but should we? You know, exactly, I mean, yeah. I, you know, the, that's really I think what's the bigger question is is okay, we can do this, but should we? Exactly. You know, who exactly. knows? Who knows? So, but I love this episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was, it was, it, you know, like, honestly, all, everybody on the episode just seemed to like, we were having such a good time, Yeah, you know, just, I mean, and, and let's be honest at the end of the day, there's nothing cooler than a, a 1920s, 30s suit and top, you know, a suit and fedora hat and walking around with a Tommy gun and just yeah. being that. Yeah. She, let me tell you now yeah, what you're going to do. You know, yeah. yeah, nothing cooler than that. So, exactly. um, you know, I, I've, I really, I think, once again, this goes to show the diversity of Star Trek. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not just sci-fi. It's, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what you, I would call this almost a, com- a comedy slash, you know, drama a little bit. Yeah. You know, because you know, it was, you know, there was some drama, there was, but it was funny. It was kind of quirky and different. It wasn't your typical hard sci-fi, whatever. No. It was, it was good. And it was, it was enjoyable to see the characters be able to play out a different, uh, you know, genre and how they would normally do it and putting those characters mm-hmm. into it. So I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. So, uh, you know, I say 
two thumbs up in my book for this one. You know, this is this is this is great. Like that, yeah. Camera do you know what? Do you want another fun original series episode? Is which one? I, I mud. I, oh, God. <laughs> we're oh, basically, yeah. we're basically. It's just absolute. That's just absolute insanity. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean that one is. So so guys, if you guys are check out, I mean guys, obviously go to Netflix, go to Paramount, wherever you get your Star Trek um, stuff from. Go check it out. Piece of the action. Enjoy it. Watch it. Laugh. Uh, love it. Uh, get your next uh, suit idea because if you see the double-breasted suits, they're such a good-looking thing. That's why I got a double-breasted suit mm-hmm. made for me because I like double-breasted. I like the way it looked. So, but uh, then also two guys, you know, you know, check out, you know, like because that's what I like about Star Trek, you know, because you can watch like the heavy stuff, but then you can watch like the lighter stuff, you know, like I Mud. Uh, a piece of the action is very light. Um, and, but then, of course, then you have stuff where it kind of hits hard, you know, where you see stuff like the the Menagerie. Uh, oh, God, what's what's, a, what's another? Um, the uh, the Mark of Gideon. I mean, mm-hmm. episodes of like, all like that where they where they touch on some just unbelievable things and some unbelievable situations and choices where human beings have to make and to see how a lot of these choices are being made now in the present, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. So, yeah, no, I agree. I so, agree. It's, so, it's, it's so heavy it's, and fun stuff, <laughs> heavy and fun stuff, man. And that's, that, that's the thing that you get with just about all star Trek, you know I mean? Really mm-hmm. every episode, yeah. they carry that DNA, that genre with it. Um, you know, all the way through Enterprise. You know, really, there's there's some episodes that are deep and heavy, and then there's yeah. some that are just fun and silly, and you just you have to enjoy them for what they are. And so, um, I think that's this once again just shows that with with Star Trek. So, um, you know, but what we also want to do is we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear yeah, from you. Please. Um, I do know that yesterday when I was talking with James, he had an idea. I was like, well, send it to the show, email send it. Send it to the show. Yeah. He, he, I won't reference what he said unless you listened live yesterday or listened to uh, on YouTube and you can go to uh, Benha Means YouTube and you can hear the Smack Attack or the Hacker Armin group. And either way, you can go hear what we talked about a little bit. He mentioned something which I thought would be good, but I said email the show and I said, then we can read it on air and we can talk about it and it'll be fun. Um, I don't think he's done that yet, but I haven't had a chance to really check the. Uh, the uh, email this week end because of all the other oh, stuff I've been doing. Yeah. So, you know, and dealing with. So, but, you know, we want to hear from you so you can email the show uh, at the Academy HMG at yahoo.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Academy HMG. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook at Academy uh, HMG, which is the easiest way to find us there um, uh, when you hit the at symbol. Um, you, you can go to Discord and check the discussion leaf. There's there's all those ways that you can get a hold of us and you can tell us what you think. Give us suggestions of what you want to talk about, maybe a topic or you know different things, or you want to ask us a question about you know uh, a news story that you saw, you know mm-hmm. things along those lines. You know we want to hear from you. You guys are the lifeblood of the show. We're just like you guys. We're not any better than you. Well, we're maybe a little bit better than you, but uh, we are we are the MJF of Star. Yeah, yeah, but just a little bit. 
Just a little bit better. Yeah. Not like full MJF. We're just a little bit. A so, little bit. Um, but you know, we want to hear from you. We want you to to contact us. Tell us what you're thinking. Um, what you're looking. Maybe what is your take on the Star Star Trek movie thought process? You know, mm-hmm. all these things that we talk about on a weekly basis. We want to get your input and we want to hear what you have to say. Um, so make sure you're contacting us, checking us out, um, and and uh, hitting us up. Um, if you want to talk to me directly. You can always hit me up, Jay Reezy Men, on Twitter and Instagram, and we can talk all kinds of Star Trek on Facebook, John Enright. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you're on TikTok, you can hit me up at Jay Reezy, and I will talk to you that way. Or maybe uh, if you need some help with uh, mental health because you're struggling. Um, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, so we've been talking about that. Um, one in five men um, are sexually assaulted, uh, have been sexually assaulted in the last year, and over 90% of men never report because they're afraid of the stigma of it. And I don't blame you, but you know, you need to report. That's part of it. You need to, you need to get healing. You need to get help. Uh, Mm -hmm. It can affect you from this point forward. So get that help you need. It's important. So um, we're here for you. We're here to help make you, um, you know, make your life a little better. So in that aspect, if you need help with that, in that instance, we're not talking Trek. We're not talking wrestling. We're talking just your mental health, you can hit me up at john at freedomhousepc.org, and I will be glad to talk to you, listen to you, and maybe help you find the resources in your area so that you can get the good um, healing, begin your, your journey to healing, which is what we talk about at our agency. That's our kind of our thing. We want to help you begin your journey to healing. So guy or gal, whatever you're dealing with, we want to help you. I'm here to help you. Um, so let's let's talk and hit me up and let's figure out what it is you need and what are some resources in your area that you can you can have access to that maybe I can help you find. You know, so that's all the plugs I got today, Triple D talking about us on the podcast and everything else. What about you, man? I know you've got a lot of stuff going Oof, on. Think the plug, so well let's hear it. Let's hear it. First first you got it. If you want to find me, I'm on Facebook, Dimitri Zerdos on Facebook, Greek. DZ25 on Twitter and Demetrius9778 on Instagram, where I usually like to uh, wear nice clothes and put over our friends at Ava Tulos here in New Hartford, New York. So you can find us there. You can also find me at DippinDonutsCNY.com, uh, DippinDonutsCNY on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are there showcasing the best donuts in the fucking world. Our social media pages for Dippin' Donuts is run by the great Ayatollah Bin Hamin, who is having fun in the Dominican Republic, sending me pictures of having a monkey on top of his head, which absolutely made my day. So I hope he is enjoying his vacation. And uh, he is doing a great job running our social media pages. Also, to ZerdosOliveOil.com for all the best olive oil, which I did get a sale. I have to ship out an olive oil bottle out. Uh, probably tomorrow. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. Uh, but guys, the best olive oil in the world and, uh, go there, order a bottle and I will send it to you as soon as I can. But that's it for me, brother. Uh, I, I did all my plugs. So let's wrap it up to all the fans, the haters, everyone else, all you guys out there live long and prosper to my man, big J. Big John and Wright, live long and prosper, my friend. I, and we will be back two weeks from now. Same back time, same back channel. And we'll be talking 
the greatest sci-fi franchise in the history of sci-fi, Star Trek. So guys, we will see you in two weeks. Later. <laughs>